You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. On this week's Gun on One, it is my honor to sit down with the hip-hop icon, pioneer, and the legendary DJ Jazzy Jeff, who is a diehard Eagles fan. We discuss this painful season. We also talk about everything from Jeff's fandom through the years to his highly decorated career and what drives him to keep creating and evolving. I also get to hear a little bit about the behind the scenes of the upcoming Fresh Prince reunion special that's being released this week and his special tips on making homemade popcorn. You don't want to miss this special episode with the one, the only DJ Jazzy Jeff telling it like it is on this week's Gun on One. Everybody, welcome to this edition of Gun on One, the podcast. I'm Derek Gunn. The podcast is brought to you by Patterson Square Garden. Uh, of course, uh, we are coming out of the Eagles' loss. I mean, I know people in this area are miserable. They lose to the Giants coming out of a bye 27-17, and the game wasn't even that close. So when I decided to do today's podcast, I said, I don't want just a football expert. I want a Philadelphia icon. I want a fan. I want somebody who's known. So I went out. And I, and I put out a plea to, the, to an individual who I've known for a long time. I've been trying to get him on one of my platforms forever. And he kept telling me, D-Gun, I'm coming. I never saw him. I don't know. So I said, let me try again. So finally, we have locked him down. Uh, this man is a Philadelphia icon, uh, Grammy winner, uh, television star, music producer, godfather of DJing. He is the one, the only DJ Jazzy Jeff, otherwise known as Jeffrey Towns. My man, what's up, man? Good to see you. Absolutely. This is this is long overdue. You know, I, I, I want to let you in on something. You know, um, you and I used to live in the same development, and mm-hmm. it was months after I had moved there and got to know a few neighbors, and my neighbors told me, say, hey, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff lives right down the street. 
I said, come on, man. He said, I'm telling you. So when I would pull into the development nightly, I would slow down when I get by your house just to see if you were outside. Um, sometimes you'd be outside with the dog. Sometimes you'd be outside talking to people. Um, and my family would say, did you stop and say hi? I said, I'm not going to bother this man like everybody else. So uh, I finally got up the courage one day you were outside. And I said, I'm just going to stop. And sure enough, I did. And I'm glad I did because you are one of the most down-to-earth brothers I've ever met in my life. You even went so far. You were gracious enough to invite me and my son into your home. And you gave my son some valuable tips on, on mixing music. Mm -hmm. I, I can't thank you enough for that, man. And it's my pleasure to not only have you on this podcast, but to call you a friend. Man, it, it means the world to me, man, because, you know, you, you, I, I, I want to say I grew up watching you in a lot of ways. <laughs> Listen, man, it was it was the exact same thing when someone said, you know, D Gun lives up the street. And I'm like, no way. Like every, <laughs> every day. So, you know, when we finally got a chance to chop it up, man, it was it was definitely long overdue and incredible. I have a whole bunch of questions I want to ask you uh, about your career and your life, but uh, you are, I don't think there's any bigger Philadelphia sports fan than yourself. And I can remember I would be up in press boxes covering games and I'd get a text from you during the game. You're in <laughs> Singapore, you're in China, you're, you're in Amsterdam. I'm like, what D God, what's wrong with the team? And I'm like, where are you? And what time is it? It's six in the morning. I'm like, how are you watching the game, man? It was, it's crazy. Man, I'm telling you, man, it's crazy, man. Uh, so we got to dive into your Philadelphia Eagles. They yeah. come out of a bye, and they lay a dud. I mean, a flat-out dud against the Giants, man. Tell me what's going through your mind as you're watching this game unfold. You know, it, I think it's a little bit different for someone who's been a fan as long as I have because yeah. you kind of take it a little bit more personal. You know, you've mm -hmm. gone through, you know, I've gone through the very dismal years. I've gone mm. through the Reggie White and Jerome Brown years of, mm -hmm. you know, we got it, but we don't got it. Yeah. And, you know, I was in um, Poland when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Like, I was so mad. I almost canceled the show. I stayed at <laughs> 4 o'clock in the morning to watch the Eagles win the Super Bowl in the lobby of a hotel with a big screen TV that was connected to someone's computer on the internet just so <laughs> I could watch the Eagles win. And that was amazing. So I don't want to look at it like that was a fluke. Yeah. But I'm kind of like, yo, you are breaking my heart. You are breaking <laughs> my heart. You know, because this isn't like the Sixers. You don't play every day or every other day. I got to wait a week. So that heartbreak lasts a week. So mm. to sit there and come off a bye week that you, you know, okay, this is the Giants. This is a chance for us to put a little bit of more distance Mm. Even though it's 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 not looking good, but put a little bit more distance with us in the NFC East. And to watch that game, I I kind of in the first quarter, I was like, you know what? I've seen this movie before. <laughs> I I seen this, and I'm gonna have to sit and watch this. You know, especially somebody in the music business. I know a yeah. lot of Giants fans. Yeah. 
know a lot of Cowboys. I don't know as many Redskins fans. I know a lot right. of Giants fans. I know a lot of Dallas fans. And this was my chance, even though, you know, we have a losing record. This was my chance to gloat against my Giants fans. Mm. And you tossed it out of the window. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm so confused. You know, I was, I was, I'm such a diehard fan. I was mad at Brett Favre when Brett Favre said we should have kept Nick Foles and got yep. rid of Carson Wentz because yep. I believe in Carson Wentz. And I'm sitting there like, I, it, was he right? <laughs> I'm, so I'm, as you, so, so I'm as you sure. sit here right now, are you like the fan base basically done with Carson Wentz? You want to move on from Carson Wentz? I don't know. I'm not a hundred percent sure it's all Carson. Okay. You know, like I, I think Carson went from what I saw with Carson, Carson is not, that wasn't a flu. Carson can play. There is something not right. I don't know if it's not right with his mental. I don't know if it's not right with the coaching staff and mm -hmm. his mental. There is somebody on the wrong page. You know, I don't know how or, or what, 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 direction to point their finger but I've seen Carson play Car I've seen Carson play like one of the best quarterbacks in the league yeah I don't I can't believe that you got the yips like Markel Fultz and just forgot oh. how to play I'm kind of like what is it there's something there's a disconnect is Doug Peterson the problem should Doug give up play calling Yes. Okay. Yes. I, I, I do. Well, because you, we have to do something, you know, we, we played enough games this year to realize that something's not right. Before you start getting rid of players and getting rid of coaches, you might need to give up some responsibility to see if that's the issue. Your thoughts on Jim Schwartz as a defensive coordinator scheme caller. <laughs> the look says it all. <laughs> you, you know, you, you know what's crazy? I think I think everybody's figured him out. Okay. I think I think Jim Schwartz was a defensive genius, but it's kind of mm -hmm. like when you don't change your schemes up, mm -hmm. people get a chance to 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 scout that. And if you don't realize that they're scouting you and they see yep. what you're doing. Because there are times, like, for me to watch a game and call out to my friend, this is what they're about to do, and me yep. be right. You know. I, <laughs> I, I put a question out on social media after the game, and I'm going to ask you the question. If there was one, if there is one thing, just one thing you could change about the Eagles right now, what would it be? The play calling. Okay. All right. The play calling. Um, I, I, I am, a, I, I was a, I was, I don't know if it was justified. I was a fan when they went and got Deshaun Jackson. I, as, as much as I think Deshaun Jackson was an amazing player, I think it's time to move on from that. Mm -hmm. We have, mm -hmm. we have, we have, formerly great players that are taking up a roster spot. And I would much mm -hmm. rather you give that spot to somebody younger and let them grow into that position. 
like like mm. I said, me being me being an older fan, I remember when Brandon Graham was a rookie and all yep. of the mistakes he made. And look at him now. He's mm-hmm. blue on the team. I'm like, you gotta give some of these wide receivers and some of these younger players that shot. Because you know, this this isn't right. You know, it's kind of like you know, you turn the TV on and these guys are on for two plays and then they're off and they're out for three weeks and then somebody else, you know, I, I, I don't want to put it all on on the injuries, but there was a point in time that I had no idea who Carson Wentz was throwing the ball to. I agree. So I I'm, agree. You, you, you know, you don't want to look at it like a rebuild year, but I think all of the Philadelphia fans need to understand we are not the Super Bowl champions that we once mm-hmm. were. It's time to take a, a a deep look at the team. You think they need to tear it down and start to rebuild it? But the problem is, who's going to be re- rebuilding it? Do you want Howie Roseman rebuilding it for you? I don't. I I think we have to let this year play out. First of yeah. all, I think Doug Peterson shouldn't call the plays anymore. I think we have to let this right. year play out and see what happens. Does that change anything? If we continue on the trajectory that we are on now, um, somebody need to get some dynamite and blow this up and figure out where do we go from here. Mm. I look at the schedule coming up. Seattle, Cleveland, Green Bay, New Orleans, Arizona. You tell me because I don't know which of those five games, if any, they're going to win. Well, I mean, I didn't expect Seattle to lose yesterday. Same Um, here. Yeah. I think they could beat the Browns. Um, They're not beating Aaron Rodgers. Um, Yeah, I... (laughs) <laughs> you're as perplexed as a lot of people out there man that was, that was why that, to me that was why we absolutely needed to win yesterday's game yes yep. you win the games that you're supposed to win and cross your fingers and hope we can win the games that we're not supposed to win we don't lose mm. yesterday now Mm-mm. Mm-mm. now on the other side i thought the giants played pretty well last week yeah i kind of yep. you know, i kind of felt like Okay, like maybe the Giants are trending up, which appears to be the case. I, I said, I said after the game, right now to me the Giants are the best team in the NFC East. Yes, yes absolutely, absolutely. Now, absolutely. now you've done you've done so many great collaborations. Have the Eagles ever asked you to do a collaboration for them? Um, you know what's funny? I did stuff with Jerome Brown and Reggie yeah. White. Like I did, I, I've done stuff with them, you know, back then. Um, it, it's my, my, it's a little weird for me because I am not, I am not the celebrity fan. I am right. the diehard fan. You know, Will, yep. Will is one of the partial owners of the Sixers. And right. we had courtside seats. I hated those seats because I couldn't act like I really wanted to act. And no, why not? Because I'm a hard fit. Like, trust me, I, you didn't, you wouldn't want me jumping up and down being how I normally am. It, it, he got mad at me because one of the years I didn't go to any <laughs> games. 
and people would kind of, you have courtside seats and won't go to the game because I can't scream and yell like I can in the house. Yes, you can. You're a fan. Sure, you can. I don't care if you're sitting in the rafters. I don't care if you're in the mid-level seats. Courtside seat. Jeff Towns, DJ Jazzy Jeff, is a Philadelphia icon slash sports fan. Why can't you show that passion, man? You can let your hair down every now and then. I don't, listen, I, I don't, I don't want people to look at me like that. <laughs> I, 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 I kind of got a little crazy a couple of games and I turned around and noticed that everybody was looking at me and I was like, I think this might be better suited for the house. <laughs> That's wild. Hey man, I want to take it back for just a moment because as I did my homework on you, I found some incredible um information and knowledge about your career and you as a person. And I saw one thing that really jumped out. It said that you became infatuated with DJing when you were 10, 11 years old. Um, and while everybody else was worried and uh, loving the music, you wanted to be more of the person who presented the music. Mm -hmm. At what point of your life did you say to yourself, I want to make a career out of this? Um, you know what's funny? I never intended on making it a career because back Okay. When when back when I started, there wasn't anybody I could point the finger and realize right. they made a career out of it. Right. Um, it's very interesting coming up in something from its inception. You know, being right. there from the beginning of hip hop and watching it grow because all of those milestones, you know, we did not understand what was happening when it was happening. It was just you know, this was what you did. I remember going to block parties in Philadelphia and I was just intrigued by this guy who would play music and get a reaction out of everybody off of the music yeah. he played. That I was kind of like, wow, like look at how happy he's making everybody. Look at the joy that he's bringing everybody. I want to bring that kind of joy to somebody too. Mm. And especially with the love of music that I had, my, you know, my, my dad passed when I was, my dad passed when I was 10, but my dad was an MC for Count Basie. So okay. I grew up with the 78s in the house of West mm -hmm. Montgomery, Jimmy Smith, Arthur Prysock. My brother played bass, you know, uh, uh, for bands like the Intruders. So a lot of mm -hmm. these bands were rehearsed in the basement. So I've always been around music, but because I was the youngest, I didn't have the ability to pick the music but I soaked it up like a sponge. You know, I was a 10 year old kid making Herbie Hancock and Chick Corea cassette tape, mm. you mm. know? And I didn't realize that that wasn't the norm. That was just what my brothers listened to. And I give them all the credit because it wasn't forbidden for me to touch the records. They kind of showed okay. me how to pick the records up and take them out the sleeves and how to delicately put the needle on the turntable. So them opening me up to that level of responsibility, you don't realize what that does for a 10 year old that I'm on somebody's thousand dollar sound system. And as long as I do everything correct, you know, I'm good. There would be times my brother would come home from work and the turntable would still be spinning and he would, wouldn't let me touch it for a day. So, but that <laughs> level of responsibility is really what sucked me in and um, gave me my love of music. Did you ever think you'd still be in the game this long? No, no, no. I mean, you start off, this is a hobby. You know, this is, the, you know, this is a hobby and I really enjoy it. You know, you start becoming the guy in the neighborhood 
that does everybody's party, you know, mm -hmm. become the guy that does the school dances. Um, and it just kept growing and growing. And next thing you know, you're the guy that's playing the block parties for four or 500 people, but you're the mm -hmm. guy that's playing for four or 500 people and you're 15. So you got people looking like, who's this 15 year old kid controlling this crowd? And it just kind of grows and grows. Um, and then, you know, and, and understand this was pre hip hop. Right. You know, right. this is I'm playing funk and soul and rock records. So when hip hop came and it's kind of like, that was the first to me time that I felt like somebody made music for me. Like that's right. mine. We're on the bus rap, doing Rapper's Delight on the bus. You know, someone made that for myself. And then you start incorporating that and then it just grows and grows and grows. And, you know, met Will one night at a house party and mm. chemistry was so great that it was kind of like, what are you doing tomorrow? Like we never officially got together. It was just kind of like, right. hey, Jeff, you know, hey, like we knew of each other. And right. he grabbed the mic and we had a great night. And I was like, what are you doing tomorrow? And he's like, nothing. And he came with me the next day and it just spiraled. He was on his way to MIT. And, and we, you know, we did a, a demo tape and he took the demo tape to a local record company. And two days later, the guy knocked on my door and sat down with me and my mom. and was like, we want to put this record out. And mm -hmm. I really thought that one day I was going to be able to show my kids that I made a record. I yeah. didn't realize that the record was going to come out and a record became a hit. Will had to go to his mom and dad and say, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I need you to let me take a year off from going to school to see where this goes. And two years later, we on the stage at the Grammys. Mm, mm, mm. Wow. How much longer do you want to do this? I'm not trying to put your business out there, but you're in your mid fifties. Now you're getting up there in years. How much longer do you want to do this, man? Well, I look at it like this. I bumped into Roy Ayers in the airport. Yep. Roy might be 80. And he, <laughs> okay. was, he, he was on his way to a gig. One wow. thing that I've realized, you don't retire mm. from the arts. You retire mm. from a job. Okay. You know what I mean? Like Count Basie and Ella Fitzgerald and a lot of these jazz guys, these, these guys did it until they couldn't do it anymore. So this isn't... Right a retirement thing for me. This is something that is a part of my life as much as breathing. So mm. as long as I can make music and do music. Now I may not tour as much, you know, as right. I once did, but I'll never not do music. Okay. I remember you telling me pre COVID that you were traveling on an average 150, 160 days a year. Yeah. Do you miss that? No, no. It is COVID has, brought some COVID has really brought some things to light. Um, right. I was, I, I've been doing about 150 dates a year since 1998. Wow. I didn't realize, um, I didn't realize the toll that that had taken on my body because it was second nature for me until I was forced to sit down for, uh, uh, you know, due, due to COVID in the world, just basically you know, shutting down. I didn't realize the the the, the level of sleep that I'm getting now. Yep. I'm probably in the best shape that I've ever been. You know, I'm probably eating the best because, you yep. know, the, the, the crazy thing about being on the road is every time you're on the road, there's not a home cooked meal unless you're going to somebody's right. house. 
So I'm not eating processed food anymore. You know, um, I'm taking vitamins. You know, unfortunately, me getting sick, I lost about 22 pounds um, yeah. that I never put back on. I didn't really want to, to lose it that way, but I appreciate that I just never put it back on. But um, mm. I'm enjoying this time to let my body recuperate. That's not to say that I'll never go back on the road or I don't want to go back on the road. Right now, I'm not missing it. Okay. I, I've heard you talk about it on several platforms, what you had to go through with COVID and how you, you thought you were coming close to dying because yes. of COVID, man. How much did that change your perspective on life and the business aspect that has consumed you for so many years? Oh, a hundred percent. The one thing that I remember is um, I had, I had about maybe 12 to 14 really, really bad days that I didn't know. Um, I, I, I had probably two incidents that in my brain, I started thinking, Yeah, I grew up in the heart of West Philadelphia and, you know, and, and came through the crack era and just all of this stuff. And I'm flying all over the country and all over the world. And I can't believe that this is how I'm going out. And mm. as soon as my brain went there, my wife walked in the room and she looked me in my eyes and was like, nope, we are not doing that. And she, right. really, she really pulled me out. But the thing that I think resonated the most is I prayed for health. I didn't pray for uh, wealth. Yeah, I prayed yep. to be able to walk in the yard with my kids. And that mm -hmm. changed everything. It made me understand what is important. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't want to go too deep, but I really believe that all of this stuff is a humongous reset. I think this is a higher power saying, you know what, y'all tripping, and yeah. I'm, I gave you, I gave you some, I, I, I gave you some choices, and you picked the wrong ones. So I think I need to sit you down for a second to make you understand what is important. And, you know, I realized like, I did not want to not be here for my wife and not be here for my kids. Yep. You know, mm -hmm. um, what you wear, what you drive, you know, how you live was so not important to me. You know, yep. it just, it put things in perspective. I know I can speak for a lot of people, myself included, when I say, you know, thank God you're still sitting here today smiling, uh, yeah. talking about your family, still producing music. That's a blessing um, in itself. Um, when I look at all the places that you text me from around <laughs> the world, what, what's your favorite country that you visited? Ooh, that's that's hard because I have a I have a love for almost all of them. That's a little bit different. Um, I always enjoyed. Um, I always enjoyed going to Europe in the fall, okay. Uh, because you know, sometimes you know, over the past couple of years, we haven't really had a fall or a winter here. Right. When you can go to Switzerland, oh, you got a winter. Oh yes. I mean, you got a winter. So I love the big coats and my hat pulled down and the snow and walking through the streets and uh -uh. no some hot chocolate. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm, I, I, I like that. There's a part of that that I like, but there's a humongous part that after Christmas I go to Asia and Australia, and it's the summertime, and I spend about a month and a half to six, you know, you know, six to, to eight weeks 
over there with shorts on when everybody is home freezing. I'm in, you know, Thailand and in and 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 you know Indonesia just soaking it all up. So I I I really enjoy that because I really enjoy the food. Now, I know when you go to different countries, you, you, you have to try the local cuisine, but there's some things you come across and you say to yourself, I, I'm not trying this. And I remember you telling me you were looking for a McDonald's or something like that in different countries. Tell me one food that you refuse to try and, and why. Oh, listen, I, what I will say is I don't have <laughs> the greatest palate in the world. Yeah. There's yeah. times that my wife says I eat like a 10-year-old kid. Yep. Um, but you know what? I'm at the point in time in my life. I know what I like and I know what I don't. And right. I don't really like rolling the dice with food. Same here. Because when, you know, if I'm hungry, I need a yeah. short shot. Now, if, yeah. if I've eaten and somebody says, <laughs> this, that's different. But, um, you know, you, you go to some of these countries and walk the streets and you just kind of like, nah, that's not for me. You know, just yeah. a lot of the local cuisine, you know, especially in some of the, the Asian countries, you know, it's scorpions and all kinds. Of oh, things. yes. And I'm like, no, you know, like, I'm I'm not that curious. <laughs> well, I will tell you this. I miss the vital destinations, man. I used to love living vicariously through you, uh, seeing where you were in country and, and with your crew and stuff, man. Are you ever going to bring that back again? Um, It really depends on how to the tour. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's, this is this is definitely different because, you know, I'm paying attention to um, yeah. not just because it wasn't just America that shut down. It was the rest of the world. So yeah. ha having my friends and, and I think one of the things that kind of made me a little distraught is I don't feel like in the United States we handle this disease the way we should have. But right. the, the, the more concerning thing is I have friends in places that they handled it the way that they were supposed to, and they're locked mm -hmm. down. Like mm -hmm. they're still locked down. So, you know, it's, it's, you don't know, you know, I, I don't, I do not think that we will ever go back to the way it was. I think we have to start, you know, looking at what is the new normal going to be the yeah. new normal for traveling, the new normal, you know, you know, the, the new normal, for, for all of us. And I don't know how soon we are going to get back there. Yeah, we're, we're, we're starting to hear more and more about locking the country down again. But when the country finally reopened a little bit, how did you begin to compensate uh, in terms of producing music and, 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 and presenting music to, to people in general? I knew you, at one point, I believe it was this summer at Lincoln Financial Field, uh, mm -hmm. you did a concert where people were in their cars. Yeah. Uh, has that has that been the norm in terms of how you've conducted your business now? That was the only time that I went outside and played for actual people. Okay, okay. I, you know, I I got offers to do that and I turned them all down. I started I started streaming online maybe okay. about uh, five weeks after they locked everything down, and I really did it to kind of. You know, I needed to play some music. That's that's my life. I need to play some music for some people. Right. And I did it. And what I realized is I played for more people than I've ever played for in my life. 
Mm. Um, it was so much of a revelation. I had a, a childhood friend that ran track in the Olympics and then he went into the military um, and he, he, he wrote this whole thing like, oh my God, you know, um, I'm going to, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to watch Jeff stream today and talk mm -hmm. about, you know, when, you know, uh, uh, Will and I won the first Grammy and how proud he was and how he bragged, you know, to his friends in the Olympics. But he ended off saying, and this is the first time that I'm ever going to watch him play. And mm. it shocked me because he said, you know, life got in the way. You know, I'm not able to go to a club. I'm, I'm married. I have kids. Yeah. And I realized that me streaming, I can play for people in their homes that aren't club goers that might really mm -hmm. enjoy music. Um, and I started realizing that you're playing, you know, for two, three, four hundred thousand people every time you're playing online. And, you know, pe people loved it. And it really, yep. you know, I, I didn't expect that, you know, because it took about five weeks of me playing and the phone started ringing and you started mm. getting corporate sponsors saying, hey, we're having, we're, we're, we want to have something for our employees. Can you stream for us? And, you know, once again, this is all new, you know, this is, yeah. all, yep. you know, and I'm kind of like, uh, oh, okay. And then you look up and, you know, my wife and I laughed that October was the busiest month that I ever had in my entire career. And I was what? home. I was home. You know, I, I, I did Tuskegee's homecoming. I did Morehouse's homecoming. You know, I played, you know, the, the Global Peace Conference. Like, it was so many things that I was able to do from home. Now, I had to add television producer to my repertoire now because yeah, yeah. you look in here, we got all kinds of lights and cameras and you have to, you have to learn a new trade. You have to pivot, you know, but this is, you know, I am enjoying this probably more than anything that I, that I have because I'm in the driver's seat. I am, I am the producer of the content, you know, someone like you, who has yeah. worked for so long, yeah. you are in a position that you get a chance to do what you want and how you want. Yeah. There might be a, lot of, a level of fear factor that is kind of like, okay, I don't have that safety net, but it's kind of like sky is the limit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right, yeah. now, right now, you can close your eyes and open your eyes and D-Gun has his own television network. Mm -hmm. You know, so that, that, yep. you know, especially me, you know, me being a creative, I get a kick out of when you can take something, you know, what I, what I tell people with music, every time I make a song, it's like giving birth. I'm taking right. something from nothing and turning this into someone's wedding song, turning mm -hmm. this into someone's favorite song. That is a joy that is very hard to explain to people who don't do this. So, but this is the exact same thing. It's kind of like, you know, we will sit down like Vinyl Destination. We, yeah. that was a concept that it was kind of like, hey, I tell people that I'm touring 
in Indonesia and they don't get it. Why don't we show this to people yeah. and present it from a food perspective, a travel perspective? You know, the the don't just talk about the good. Let's talk about how tired, you know, it took 27 hours to get here. Right, you know, right. I checked into the hotel and the bed was this small. You know, sometimes <laughs> it's great and sometimes it's not. But it was a joy to be able to present that to people, you know, for people to enjoy. That is kind of like I, I'm 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 really enjoying, you know, being the creator of your own content. You know, it's funny you should say that because I know exactly what you're talking about. For years, my agent and my wife have been telling me, you should do a podcast. And I'm like, I don't want to do a podcast because I had that safety net of a well-paying job. And, of course, this August, I didn't survive the latest COVID cut by NBC. So, you know, and the funny thing is, I wasn't angry. I wasn't mad. I had a piece about it instantly. And so my wife said, what are you going to do now? And so I started talking to people. Boom, you should do a D gun. You should do a podcast with all the contacts you have, all the people you should know. And it's amazing how I don't want to use the word desperation, but need forces you to become more creative in your mind and you tap into things you never thought you could tap into. Absolutely. And so, so here I am sitting here today doing a podcast and now people ask me, how are you getting all these guests and you just started doing this? I said, number one, it's, it's the reputation and how you've conducted your business throughout your life. Number two, uh, people have come out of the woodwork saying, hey, you know, whatever you need, like yourself, whatever you need, That's let right. me know. And now I'm at a point where I'm my own corporation. I'm having fun being in control of doing what I want to do. Now I'm working harder than I did for a whole lot less money right now. But at one point, yes. at some point, I want to get to I want to get to DJ Jazzy Jeff's financial level. That's my goal before <laughs> before they put me six feet under. So that's my goal right now. But but when I look at I look at your career, man, your highly decorated career, the awards you've won, uh, the people that you've touched and inspired, people that you've helped develop, like Jill Scott, Eminem, mm -hmm. Darius Rucker, The Roots so on and so forth, uh, the awards you've won. Give me one highlight of your career that you're the proudest of. This is going to sound very strange. My brain doesn't function like that. Really? My brain does not function. I am very appreciative of everything that I've done. My brain does not allow me to go down those roads because I feel like that is a sign of the end. And I actually believe that I have not done what I'm supposed to do yet. Really? I don't know what that is. Everything you've accomplished, you're still not there yet. I don't, I don't think my purpose, I don't think my purpose is just to play music. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, you know, I, I started doing a creative retreat at my house about five years ago, um, mm -hmm. bringing, creators from all over the world. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that probably was one of the most fulfilling things um, that I've done to give an opportunity. Um, I, I, I realized that there is a large group of creatives that don't have the business structure. You know, th there's people who have an extreme creative brain. There's a lot of stuff on the other side they don't do well. Um, okay. And it's important to me to bring these amazing creatives together 
but invite somebody from Spotify, invite somebody from Twitter to have a conversation, invite a, a, a mental health expert to talk about the mental health struggles that creatives have, invite a nutritionist because we eat so bad. Like yep. it's almost like, I just looked at myself and I was like, what are all of the things that I need and I want that, or, and, or people like me need and want, and how can we put all of these people together and, and create this? Um, and it became one of the most fulfilling things, you know, that, that I've done. Um, and it really made me understand there's a door that, yeah. that there's a door that I don't know what's on the other side of that. Okay. But, but I'm headed towards that door. That doesn't mean that I'm going to stop doing anything that I'm right. doing. I just, you know, I just think that playing music for people, even right. how I play music, right. I'm not playing music for myself. Yep. I want like I, I want to I want people to enjoy it. You know, their your favorite movie is not your favorite movie without the music. Right. So music is so important. You know, it's you know, it's it's how can we make sure that the creatives are taken care of, you know, not just from a financial point of view, but from a mental point of view. It was it was very interesting that someone said, I have anxiety before. The only thing that cured that anxiety was me taking a drink. But mm. one drink turned to two drinks, two drinks turned to four. And next thing you know, you got a drinking problem. But you said this in a group of creatives that you would have never said this in a group of strangers. Right. But you said it in front of someone that could help that. So it's almost kind of like, I think, you know, we, we joke and say we are the X-Men. When you get all of the yeah. superheroes together, sometimes superheroes need help. Yeah, yeah. You know, I understand you keeping everything on an even keel, and I really respect that. But when, when I look at one aspect of your career, that you and Will Smith were the first rappers to win a Grammy, that's iconic. Yeah. That that's special. That's something nobody can ever take away from. That's inspiring, and I guarantee you, that inspired a lot of people who came after you to do what they're doing. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't like. I said I don't ever take that for granted. I just can't live in that moment. Okay. I think you know it's uh, we we it, it's kind of like. We, we took a trip to Atlanta maybe 25, 26 years ago. And yeah. it was about six cars. And we got on the road, and I'm not condoning this. We got on the road, and we all did like 120 miles an hour. I were in and out of traffic. And we pulled over for an hour to talk about it. And <laughs> I remember saying, you know, we just lost all of the time we made up. Mm. But that was a lesson to me. I don't want to take the time to talk about what I've done. Okay. Be doing more. Yeah. Okay. So you 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 appreciate it. You definitely definitely appreciate it. But I take that and I put that in my pocket because I believe that I'm going to have enough time to sit back in a chair and reflect. That yep. time is just not right now. 
So, so who are some of the young producers and artists out there today that you love working with right now? Oh man, there, there, there is a lot of, there is a lot of um, untapped or, or not the most famous guys that I, I lean into. I'm a big fan of guys like Robert Glasper. Um, okay. Um, just from, from a perspective of he's kind of the young Herbie Hancock um, that he works, you know, I, I appreciate guys like him because he's yeah. probably in about nine different bands. Like when you can, when you can creatively express yourself, when, when you can say, hey, I'm gonna do a jazz album, and then I'm gonna do this project with Common, and it's gonna be a hip hop album, and then I'm gonna do this movie score, and then I'm gonna, right, I appreciate right. that when it's kind of like, I am not just one thing, and I don't like being pigeonholed. Like, it was interesting for me to be DJing before hip hop, but someone right. declare you a hip hop DJ. I am a DJ who plays all kinds of music. I was in a hip hop group, but I also did Jill Scott's album. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you don't really want to be pigeonholed because the beauty of creative freedom is you can do whatever you want. So a lot of guys, you know, like Robert Glasper, Anderson Pop, um, Chris mm -hmm. Dave, you know, who's probably one of the greatest drummers, you know, James Poyser, who plays with the Roots. You know, right. I love, you know, the, the Roots, you know, coming from pretty much one of the first hip hop bands that you are the house band for Jimmy Fallon. Like, I love right. watching those stories. I love watching the story of somebody like Dr. Dre and Jay-Z from where they started, that you guys are billionaires now with yep. companies and you own a piece of Uber and a piece of this. Like, to watch the growth and, and, yeah. and, and where someone is, you know, those those are the moments that I, I I wish that someone like Biggie and Tupac was here because mm. it would be amazing to think about Tupac would probably be the vice president. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. Like he's he yep. you know like he was going through the cobwebs trying to get people to understand what he was doing. But think about a grown-up Tupac with that message, once you kind of tone and can articulate it to people, you know, think about somebody like Biggie owning a record label, you know, and producing movies. Like, I would have loved to seen that, you know, Dr. Dre is a very good friend of mine to watch, you know, uh, you know, to watch his trajectory to get yeah. to the point that it's kind of like, wow, like, you know, I have two friends that are billionaires. Mm. Mm. You know, music and the presentation of music has changed so much through the years. How have you been able to stay relevant? I mean, what's the secret? You know what I tell people all of the time? You know what relevancy is? What? Paying attention. Okay. Paying attention. I don't have to know anything about the Philadelphia soul. Right. If I paid attention for six months... I could come on your show and yeah. give you a play-by-play -play of them. I tell people when you when people start to lose their relevancy, it has more to do with them stopping paying attention. It has okay. more to do with you shut your brain off of something that you no longer view important. You know, it's 
if I don't know anything about opera, give me six months. Mm -hmm. So it's really, I tell people when, you know, you don't ever have to lose your relevancy as long as you keep your brain open and just pay attention to, to, to what it is. Mm. Now I'm look I'm looking at all the equipment behind you in your studio there, and I have to ask you this: What's your favorite go-to old school piece of equipment that you use, and is kind of like your staple with uh, what you're producing today? I do not throw away any equipment. <laughs> I, I, have a, I have a drum machine over here. Right, right. I took this disc out. The parents just don't understand disc that I made that song is on that disc. Mm. Um, I am I am the biggest tech geek in the world. Right. Like that is that is a joy that I proudly say. I you know, I want I got uh, uh Roombas all over the house vacuuming the floor. I want automatic blinds that open and close. I love coming in right, to my right, right. and saying, "Hey Alexa, turn my music on. Um, so I am a kid in the candy store with all of this stuff because I started when you couldn't really use all of this stuff by yourself. Mm -hmm. Having a big board and a tape machine like I have behind, you needed people in the room to do that. And right. the, the, the thing that is, is so incredible to me is that that big board and that tape machine is yeah. now in a laptop that I'm talking to you on. What, what do you think about how the role and the production of, of, mu of, of music has evolved uh, up to this date? Well, the one thing that I will say that has never changed, good music is good music and bad music is bad music. I don't okay. care what equipment, we, we can have keyboards that will almost play for themselves. We can mm. have DJ equipment that can almost mix two records together. You know what a DJ equipment can't do? Read a room. There you go. There he you go. He can't look at you and understand that this will work if I play this right now. So I don't care. I'm a, I'm a fan of technology. Technology cannot be replaced by, you know, a, a, the, the human side of it can't be replaced. Mm. There's a level of that. Yep, you can mix these two records together but you can't read the room to see they want to hear this. You know, I, I follow you on Twitter, and, and one of the things that has really jumped out about me is, is that you are a family man, first mm -hmm. and foremost. You love your family, and you have boasted about how special it was to you to collaborate with your sons. Oh Can you God. talk about that? Um, you know, my, my youngest son, it was funny because um, he would come to visit, and it started us driving in the car, and right. I would throw a beat on and he would start freestyling and we would right. freestyle, go get some ice cream. And, you know, then the next summer we would do it. And then one summer he came to visit and I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make this special. I'm going to make him a beat and I'm going to put him in the booth and let him do it for real so he can play it for his friends. And I put him in a booth and he started and I had to spin my chair around because I had tears streaming from my face because mm. that was when I realized, oh, you're not playing anymore. Like you are really serious. 
And it got to a point that I ended up producing a record for him and we shot a video and that was it. You know, he ended up in Pace in New York for performing arts. Um, You know, he's been a reoccurring character on Girl Meets World. He's Mm. been... um, uh, uh, he, he's been a reoccurring character on Persons of Interest, you know, that I'm watching him just be an artist. It's not yeah. like he wants to just act. It's not like he wants to just do music. He's an artist and whatever he wants to do. And, and I support him. He's the one that's kind of like, I'm not doing this for money. I'm doing this because this is my art. You know, right. even my oldest son, you know, two years ago, you know, was, was kind of like, Hey, I really am interested in DJing. And I bought him a DJ controller Mm. and it was amazing. That showed that I did at Lincoln financial field, my son DJ with me. Yeah. So it is, it is, there is no prouder moment, you know, COVID hit, and I was locked down with my kids because I wanted to make sure that we were okay. That was yeah. some of the greatest moments that I had, you know, and having conversations because they teach me just as much as I teach them. And what, I what are you working? Enjoy- yeah, yeah. What are you working on right now? Because I know you. I, I don't know if you ever sleep, but but you got to be working on something right now. You know, I am. I I am always working on music. Um, okay. I, I let the music tell me the purpose. So I am somebody that I may make a different song every day. Sometimes those collections of song tell me you need to put this out because this is a project. Um, I have a couple of projects that I'm working on. Um, I'm in negotiations to do an album with the, the, the jazz great Bob James. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm excited about. I am working on music for a big music podcast that Will is doing. Um, I'm, you know, I, I am really still trying to jump on top of Will and sit him down for a month or two to, to get a project out. You know, unfortunately, um, you know, this being the 30th anniversary of the Fresh Prince, we yep. had a humongous year planned. We had a world tour. We were going in the studio to do an album and then COVID hit. So yeah. I'm hoping that, you know, when all of this kind of clears up, it'll open the path back up, you know, to us doing that because um, I enjoyed Will becoming one of the biggest people on social media because um, he has a lot of very good stuff to say. And I have been encouraging him I need you to put that in your music. Like we're not parents just don't understand no more. Some of the stuff right. that you've gone through, love, life, career, I need you to yep. put that in your music. The way everybody really enjoys what you say on Instagram, now let's put that into music. You know, mm. like I said, I'm enjoying grown up hip hop, you know, cause hip hop is a, 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 hip hop is a lyrical form over any kind of music. When right. you have people, you know, Jay-Z putting out 444 talking about he's an art collector. That's a long way away from the Jay-Z that started right, right. off. I'm kind of like, okay, well, I need you to talk about where you are right now. So, 
you know, I, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. For being world renowned for your music, uh, I think a lot of people forget that you dabbled in acting for a while and you were on a very successful sh uh, successful show, Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Do you still get recognized oh. by this? Hey, aren't you the guy who used to get thrown out the front door on Fresh Prince of Bel Air? I often say that you can sense a music fan. <laughs> when you, you have an 80 year old white grandmother that comes yeah. up to you says jazz that's the power <laughs> of television that you cannot get over um it is a humongous blessing to have to have a song that stands the test of time like summertime that yep. every summer i'm not because one of my all-time favorites every summer i'm waiting for this song to go away and it doesn't but to be able to have a tv show that right. just we you know we're celebrating the 30th year that is yep. that is insane to me and people are extremely excited to celebrate the 30th year you know it's it's you know it's mind boggling like i said i am i look at it like i am in i used to say a taxi cab taxi cab's played out now i am in a uber and yep. i'm sitting in the back and i am just looking out the window enjoying the ride Mm. Now, now you guys, your cast recently had a reunion for Fresh yep. Prince uh, of Bel Air. How did that come about? Who got who got all of you guys together? You know what was funny? COVID. 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 Okay. Um, during during the co uh, uh, when everybody was locked down, Will wanted to get me on and have a conversation about me being sick. We ended up performing the song. You know, um, people lost their minds with that. But Will okay. came up with the idea of like, you know what? I want to get the entire cast together on a Zoom call. And mm. we we did it. We all, that was the first time all of us got together and we got on and we talked and quietly that's what sold the reunion. Will wow. doing that, HBO Max was like, oh my God, we, we have to do that. Yeah. Um, now I saw the trailer, and it was a scene where you are, you guys are all sitting in a living room there, and you had one of the Aunt Vivs sitting there with you, and then all of a sudden the original Aunt Viv walks in. Number one, were you guys expecting her to be there? Number two, was that an awkward moment? Um, I can't give it away. <laughs> uh, one of the, one of Will said that there was no way in the world that we could do a reunion special without including Janet. Yeah. Um, and Will reached out to her um, and they had a conversation and she came. It was when I, I tell people, it comes on this Thursday, I tell people, grab a box of tissues. Okay. Like this, okay. was, this is going to be one of the most resonating specials, you know, and that's not just because it was us. Um, mm. There was a lot of emotions with that because we really, really celebrated the fact that we were a part of something that has meant so much to so many people. LeBron James, every time he sees Will, he says, I was you. 
And I knew that one day I was going to grow up to be Uncle Phil. Mm. Wow. Speaking of Uncle Phil, unfortunately, he was not there. He, he passed away uh, almost seven years ago. Can you talk about what he meant to the cast in general and to you in particular? Oh, my gosh. Um, I tell people I had never in my life been on a vacation. Okay. When we were on the show. You know, it was kind of like, okay, Will and I travel all over the globe. You know, right. I, that was a vacation. I didn't realize, you know, that you can go and sit on the beach and have a fruity drink and just cool out. James. So Avery, you were a workaholic. Yes. James Avery was an avid traveler. He would sit me down and give me a list of locations to go. And he was the one that really opened my mind up to traveling and understanding that the world was a lot bigger than West Philadelphia. Mm. Um, he was a very big, music buff. So I would go in his dressing room and he would just funnel me CDs of all kinds of music because he knew I liked it. Like he was the father figure on the show. Like that wasn't, that wasn't make believe. He was, he was the father figure. He was the person that we all wanted to make proud. So the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion will be coming out uh, November 19th, I believe it is, on HBO Max. I can't wait to see it. It's one of my all-time favorite shows. And the fact that I got to know one of the cast members uh, is it, right. so special to me. Do you still get to see Will Smith much? I know you're so busy. He's busy. Do you guys get to see each other in person a lot still? You know what's funny? Uh, now that I mention it, I remember you telling me at one point that when you lived down the street from me, eight houses down the street from me, that you guys would occasionally sneak Will in to come visit you and then get him out of there before yep. people in the neighborhood knew he was there. And I'm thinking, you never told D-Gun he was there? Just, I just wanted to say hi? Something? Something? Not nothing? Can I shake the man's hand? Something? It was, you know, he would, he would come down. He would, he would come down. It was funny. He would come down when Lynette and I first got together. And yeah. he came down and Lynette had baked a cake. Yeah. And he grabbed a piece of the cake right when he was leaving, you know, cause he would go out of the garage, jump, you know, they would jump in the car and he would drive. Yeah. He called right back and was like, that might be the best cake I ever had. And Lynette was like, if you want one, I'll make you one. And he drove down the next day. And, and anybody that knows, well, that's not him. He drove down the next right. day to get that cake. That's unbelievable, man. Wow. So so um, you, you couldn't have slipped D-Gun a message, a note or something, just to tell him, hey, D-Gun, drive by at 6.45 p.m. He might be standing in the driveway. You might Open your window so you can just wave at him as you pass by. Don't stop by my house now, but just wave at him as you pass by. We, we you know, one of the times he came down, he caused a little bit of a stir because he would not, you know, I want to respect his, you know, right, his right. obviously, um, and, and, you know, you know how it is sometimes. I know, man. A line around the house. But it was funny because, you know, he came out of the house and started walking up the street, shaking people's hands. And, you know, people freaked out. He jumped in the car and drove what? off. Man, where was where was I that day, man? Hey, um, now I know you're you're a big homebody also, and you love to grill just like I do. And you and I have talked about grilling, but 
you know, one of our favorite passions is popcorn. And right. I remember this this summer you told me about D-Gun, you've got to try my popcorn. Now tell people about your popcorn, where you get it from, and why your popcorn is second to none. Well, that was the very first thing that I ever cooked. The first thing that my father showed me how to cook. Was right, right. Popcorn. We would always make it on the stove. So when microwave popcorn came out, I was just kind of like, nope, nope, I'm nope, can't give you that. Yeah. Not, I'm yeah. Not, you know, and and I actually can make popcorn just as fast as you can make it in the microwave. You know, right. I have a popcorn pot. Um you should always make popcorn in the same pot. Um, I have a pot that that's the only thing that I make it and it almost like it's seasoned to the popcorn. And, you know, like I said, I don't, you know, I'm, I don't make the cheese popcorn and the caramel. I, this isn't about the right. fancy popcorn. This right. is great old school popcorn that yes. people are like, oh my God, I can't yeah. believe how this tastes. I only use white popcorn. White popcorn, okay. the kernels are really tender. Um, you never butter your popcorn. Thank you. You never butter your popcorn before you salt it because the salt sticks to the butter. Um, you want to use popcorn salt. Popcorn salt is a little bit finer and mm -hmm. it, you know, so it covers the kernels. Um, I only use whipped butter to when I oh, really? it, and I melt my butter in the same yeah. pot that I pop the popcorn. So I'll pop the popcorn, pour it <laughs> in gold, and then you put the butter in the popcorn, you melt it. While it's melting, you salt it, you you drizzle the butter around in three circles, you toss it, you drizzle it around in three circles, and you serve it hot. Now see, when I was a kid coming up, my mom had this big stainless steel pot. And we would use that pot to cook a lot of different things, greens and other things like that. But when we wanted popcorn, she would pour a little Crisco oil in the bottom of it and put go. the popcorns, turn on, put that lid on there. And I'm going to tell you something. That popcorn second, even today, all this microwave popcorn and all these air poppers and all that stuff, it's not the same, my man. No. But you keep telling me to drive by and get some of this popcorn. I, I haven't seen the popcorn yet, man. We were we were we almost came close one Sunday. I was driving by, but I got delayed, and I haven't seen a smell of popcorn since. And see, this is the funny thing because you don't live yeah. far from me. That not even a quarter could, of a mile. You could text me and say yeah. I'm coming to get the popcorn, All and right. by the time you get there, I will hand you the bowl. And what? Say, hey, Hang you the bowl with a mask on. Say, D-Gun, when you're done with the bowl, just drop the bowl back off. I'm coming this week. This week, I don't That's know which day yet, but I'm coming one day this week. I'm going to drive in your circle, in your driveway, yep. throw the bowl in my car. I won't even stop. I'll just slow down, and, and, and I'll just take the bowl and, and take it home. I don't even know if I'm going to share it with my family if it's that good. But I will bring the bowl right back when I'm done with. I'll wash it and everything and bring it right back to you. And all I want is I need yep. you to let your audience know how good the yeah. problem is. It will be on it will be on Twitter, it will be on Facebook, <laughs> it will be on Instagram. If this popcorn is that good, I will talk this popcorn up. Now, okay. also, you know me, I like to grip. I, I grill. I got a big green egg, I got the Blackstone flat top grill, I got a black Weber grill, and I got a gas grill. And you're telling me you have this barbecue sauce that you make from scratch that I need to try? Really? 
this barbecue sauce has maple syrup. I put a little bit of mustard in it. Ooh. I put fresh garlic in it. Um, depending on how hot you, you know, I, I, I do this balance, this balancing act that I put sugar yeah. in the sauce. Okay. I put lemon juice in the sauce. Wait, is and it brown sugar? Brown sugar? Yes. There but you go. All right. What you do is you keep fighting each other. You like yeah. sugar, lemon, sugar, yep. lemon. Yeah. Sugar, you, you get it to the point that, and then you do the hot sauce, you know, yeah. you Ooh, man. hot sauce in it. A little cayenne I, pepper. I cook it on the stove and I cook Ooh. it real slow. Now, is it better than Sweet Baby Ray's? Because I'm a big Sweet Baby Ray's fan. Let me tell you what I do. Okay. Is I, I put it in a big, giant Sweet Baby Ray's jar. Okay. All right. Because I want to throw everybody off because I have friends that will come over. Like, I have a couple right. friends that I have to make them their own sauce. I make my okay. mom a sauce once a year because it'll if, if I put it in the jar... You know, the big sweet baby raised jar, it'll last yeah. you for a year because all you do is when it comes time to grill, you take it and you pour it in a bowl and you take yeah. that brush and you paint it on. Yep. And you're good. Man, you're a man I of many talents, man. <laughs> okay, that's that's the deal. Let me write this down. Well, see, I have you on I have you on video now, so you can't get out of this one. I want my popcorn, I want my barbecue sauce. And you know, I'm going to critique that barbecue sauce, man, because I'm okay. a big barbecue sauce fan. But, man, look, I know I've taken up a lot of your time. I, I can't thank you enough for this. And, you know, I'm just jabbing you, talking about trying to get you on for two years. But here you are today, and that's oh. all that matters. Um, and I have so much respect for you and so much love for you and what you've done, uh, not just not just as a musician, but as a person in terms of getting to know you and how passionate you are about a lot of things. Now, I have one question that my producers wanted me to get in there, and I want to read it verbatim because I don't want to mess this up. Okay. Now, it says, uh, your playlist, Retreat, has become a premier event in the industry for pros and upcoming talent. What motivated you to start it, and how important is it for you to give back in that way? Um, that was the retreat that I was talking about earlier yeah. and I think it it really became when I started looking at the holes of what people wanted and needed okay okay um it was like how how can I fill these holes it was really my wife threw a um my wife threw me a birthday party a surprise birthday party that I was actually angry because it was the most covert operation that I've seen okay and, and Everybody I know was in on it, but it made me understand that I was married to a woman that we could put this on because I would often talk to her like I want to have a music retreat. I just don't know what that would consist of. Mm. Uh, and we really sat down with a yellow pad and paper and we started writing down the ideas I had. Um, one of the one of the music software companies I work with, um, the, the the president was at my house for the birthday party. Right. And he was kind of like, hey, I, you know, that's an amazing idea. We would love to sponsor it. And it started off with, I think the first year was maybe 35 creatives. We doubled mm. the size the second year. And the last year that we were able to have it, it was about 300 people. Wow. Um, and it's, you know, we, you know, we've had 
you know, guys from um, uh, 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 Kenny Gamble came and and spoke at the last one. You know, Roger Lynn, uh, 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 the creator of the Lynn Drum Drum Machine, you know, spoke yeah. at one. Uh, Bob Powers, you know, engineering. So you you know, it was really what are what are the tools? What mm. are the what are what are the tools that people need? Um, we picked up the phone and called equipment manufacturers because one of the things that I realized is a lot of these equipment manufacturers make equipment and they want me to use it. And when I use it, it sucks. And then yeah. they're upset with me. And I'm like, maybe you should have brought me in on the developmental part of this. Yep. And it made me understand that there's a disconnect between the people who use it and the people who make it. That yeah. when I went and sat down and said, listen, make everybody sign NDAs, but why don't you show the group what you're working on and let us say, no, we don't think that's good, but that's good. And that has worked amazing for countless equipment manufacturers. So it, it's really almost like peeling back the layers and understanding the wants and the needs, you know, that goes back to, you know, when I said health and wellness, you know, right. mental health, you know, um, you know, fitness, you know, just these are all of the things that we have in our field that aren't addressed when you go to a music seminar, you know, yeah, yeah. that, you know, and then it's, you know, tr trust me, it's a lot of work. It's a, it, it's a lot of work. And, Knock on wood, I have been very much so blessed to not be able to do it last year to give, you know, right. my wife and I, the yeah. house, you know, the, the land, just a, a bit of a break. But mm. it has absolutely become, you know, one of the most important things that I do. Is your wife Lynette still a Chicago Bears fan? Yes. She is? Uh, make sure you tell her D-Gun said... Green Bay is still the king of the <laughs> NFC North. Because I know every time I told her that in the past, she would just look at me like, yep. yeah, okay, uh-huh, yeah. Yep. So make sure you tell her, D-Gun said, Green Bay is still the king of the NFC North. So now you understand how bad I felt when Nick Foles went to Chicago. Because I said, yep. if he yep. turns around and does yep. this to the Bears, what he did for the Eagles, I'm never going to let this down. You know, I don't know. It's looking bad for the Bears right now, but I don't know. Who knows? You know, and if you know if Nick Foles wins that Super Bowl for the Bears, you're never going to hear the end of it in your house. Well, I'm already sitting there saying um, you might want to consider trading for Nick Foles again to see uh -oh. if lightning can strike twice. Don't don't start that. If people already on that, even Brett Favre, get Nick Foles back, get rid of Carson Wentz. Don't start that, man. Yeah. I have I have I have one final question for you before I let you go because I've taken up way too much of your time. Do you think you can help me get Will Smith on Gun on One? Do you think that's possible? Oh, I can work that out. I'll you can help. You can help a brother out like that. Yeah, I will work that out. If you I'll get Will Smith on Gun on One, that's why I drop the mic and walk off the stage. That's it. I have D DJ He's Jazzy Jeff. Philly fan. Is he? Listen, tell him D, I, I, tell him D Gun wants him on Gun on One. He is one of the owners of the Sixers. Yes. 
and he'll sneak into town and he'll come, you know, to some of the games. He is, you know, I don't care where he lives or what he does. Yes. He is Philly through and through. Yep. DJ Jazzy Jeff, Jeffrey Towns, musician, producer, award winner, glow traveler, husband, barbecue, popcorn extraordinaire. I can't thank you enough for being on Gun On One, my man. This has been so special. And don't be surprised if I hit you up again down the road uh, to come back on Gun On One. We have to, especially depending on the trajectory of this team. Yes, yes, because I want to get your passion and your insight to get that different perspective on, on nobody bleeds Eagles Green of Philadelphia sports more than Jeffrey Town. So I thank you, my man. And I, and I have to be honest to all of the Eagles fans out there. I am not the fair weather fan, but I'm not wearing my hat. There you go. I'm not wearing my jersey until, <laughs> until it's deserving for me to wear their hat and jersey. I'm so mad because I got it sitting there. I'm never going to get rid of it. But you're the reason... Philadelphia Eagles that I don't put that jersey on on a Sunday. <laughs> Man. Now, that's passion at its finest right there. I love it. And uh, I can't thank everybody out there uh, for listening uh, enough for to Gun On One. This has been an extremely special podcast with my, my friend, um, a legendary, the godfather of DJing, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Jeffrey Towns. And so thank you, everybody out there, man. Thank you for being a part of it. And as I part, as I always do, uh, of course, this podcast was uh, produced by Patterson Square Gardens. Um, and everybody out there, as I tell you each and every week, uh, stay blessed, but more importantly, be a blessing to each and every person you encounter. So long, everybody. of D-Gun Enterprises in Patterson Square Garden. Alvin Shabazian and Wes Pendleton are the executive producers on behalf of Patterson Square Garden. Lead producer is Derek Gunn. Associate producer is John McNeil. Sound design, mixing, and mastering by Alvin Shabazian. Original music by Weatherman. For more information about the podcast, visit gunonone.com. And please, don't forget to subscribe and give us a positive rating if you're feeling the show. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.